Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. of it's not your turn. It's not your turn. It's not your turn. And I've realized, no, all those days that I thought it wasn't, it actually was Mm -hmm. because who I am when it's perceived to not be my turn is actually more important than who I will be when it is. Hey there, friend. Today is a super interesting conversation with my guest, whose name also happens to be Heather, Dr. Heather Thompson Day. She's an interdenominational speaker. She's been a contributor for the Religion News Service, Christianity Today, Newsweek, Barna Group. She's been all over the place, but she's an associate professor of communications at Andrews University, and she's just written a book called It's Not Your Turn. Friends, we have a fascinating conversation about comparison and waiting and relationships with other women. You guys, there's so much good stuff in this interview. You are going to love it. But there's one part that I saved for our Patreon community. Heather gives, I guess, a secret about how to make sure you take action. It's called the five-second rule. You should go to the Patreon community and become a patron of the Compared To Show, and you can hear that very special segment that's for patrons only. If you want to know more about the Patreon community, go to comparedto.me slash podcast and scroll down and you can find out more information about how to be part of that or click over and join there. Now, enjoy today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Heather Thompson Day, thank you for being on the Compared to Who show today. I am honored to be here. Well, I heard you on another show and I was like, I need to have this woman on my show because you were taking a unique angle. Well, it shouldn't be unique, but it is unique for some reason, (laughs) but you were taking a unique angle, a fresh angle on something that I know most, if not all of the listeners to the show struggle with, and that is waiting. And mixed in there, you have some comparison and, you know, all, all those things, but you know, I, I would say as I read your book, your latest book, you've got several, but your latest book, it's not your turn. You know, really the theme that stuck out to me was how to, how to wait well, Yeah. um, as, as part of it, but you said something early on, and I think this may be just the best place for us to start today. Cause I'm hoping you can share with us what would prompt you to write a statement like this <laughs> and then maybe how God has started or, or 
really is in the middle of helping you in this process. But you said, I realized I hindered my own prayers by trying to block someone else's blessing. My refusal to just shut up and clap wasn't decreasing their success, but I do think it prevented mine. And then you said the best thing that ever happened to my faith was watching other people open packages I had ordered. Yeah. That's hitting someone right now. (laughs) Like, how can that be? So, so Heather, what's, what's your story? How did, how did you get there? Yeah. You know, so I'm a professor. I teach communication at a university and that actually where I can remember the moment where that first hit me. And it, it unfortunately wasn't because I was being super self-reflexive on myself. I sit and I talk to students all the time and I kept seeing this theme with more so my, my female students who would sit down and just feel really, um, you know, deal with a lot of jealousy and all this stuff with their female friendships. Um, and then at the same breath, feel frustrated by what God wasn't doing in their own lives. And it just, and I realized that's me, Mm. you know, I just had this moment where I realized we are all, and I teach at a Christian university. So like, we're all children of God and we are all on the same team Mm. and we don't act like it. And I wasn't acting like it. Mm. And so I just wanted, I think it just started for me with the honest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that I've graduated from <laughs> jealousy and I, I think I thought I would honestly, when I even was writing this book, I think I thought I had a handle on it uh-huh. and then it came out. And I think all that happens is, and it's, it's done really well, but what happens is you meet other people who are doing really well. And so your own goalposts for your own life, just keep moving because mm-hmm. Now I'm surrounded by new people to compare myself to. Right. Right. And so it kind of caught me off guard. I can remember maybe two weeks or three weeks after the book came out being caught off guard by this deep feeling of um, jealousy again, that I hadn't experienced in several months, probably because things were going really well. Mm -hmm. And so I just went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I just like, God, I don't want to be this person. Like sincerely in my heart, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be somebody that is threatened by awesome, wonderful testimonies that you are giving other people. I don't want to be that person. And I just was like laying it before God in my room. And I felt like the Holy spirit said to me, I never asked you to stop being human. I just asked you to stay in a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And that has been this little transition in my life again. And this has only been in the last six months since the book came out where I'm like, so maybe I, maybe being a fully devoted person or being somebody of integrity doesn't mean I stop struggling with all the same things I struggle with. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. that I am better and quicker at redirecting my own thoughts. Right. Absolutely. No, I mean, I totally agree. That's, I wrote the burden of better about comparison and same thing happened to me. I'm like, Oh, I'm so much better about not other people now. Like, it's just amazing how free I am. And then like, I think a book on comparison released, it was the day I handed in my manuscript and you actually, you quoted it with Shella Parham's, uh, book mythical me. Yeah. Came out the day I handed in my manuscript and I was like, what? Like oh, a book on comparison. And <laughs> you know, it just, it can send you spiraling and yeah, but I, but I think you're exactly right. Like that is the human impulse. 
but what do you do with it afterwards? Right. And I mean, yes. in, in all situations, what, what do you, how do you process it? Like the first thought of, Oh, why not me? And I wanted that. And you know, that that's going to come, but I love, I love what you just said there. That's it's what comes next. What do you do with? Yeah. And that seems to be kind of what your whole book's about. Like, what do you do with it? It's sprinkled with research. And I, I love that. I'm, I tend to geek out on research stuff. Me too. And there were so many things where I was like, well, this isn't all going to make sense within the same interview, but I don't know. We may just go there because <laughs> I was interested by it, but you had just so many, so many little tidbits as you are walking your reader through kind of what to do until it's your turn. Yeah. Right? I mean, is that, is that how you would capture it? Like how, how would you summarize your book? I would summarize it in the fact that I've realized it's always your turn. And mm. that's what I hope people take away from the book. Okay. Is that I lived my entire life under this premise of it's not your turn. It's not your turn. Yeah. It's not your turn. And I realized, no, all those days that I thought it wasn't, it actually was. Because who I am when it's perceived to not be my turn is actually more important than who I will be when it is. Right. And so everything we have to constantly be faithful with what has been put in our hands. And that's all I'm accountable to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be faithful to the next 10 steps. Right. I need to be faithful. And today, so my prayer life, even as I was getting up this morning and I'm thinking about all the other stuff that's months down the line, I just know. Today is showing up for your students. As soon as we get off this, I have a student that's coming in to talk with me about some stuff this semester. God, let me be faithful to that. How do I show up for this single person as if it's the most important thing I'm going to do with my entire life? And it is always your turn for that. And I think what has happened for me as I've started approaching life this way, I'm about three years or I think about three years in to doing this now is I don't ever anymore feel like there's no purpose Mm. because I see it. Yeah. There there's a purpose to my lunch. Right. And I know that, I don't know if that sounds um, cheesy, but I'm telling you when you start living life this way, as if every single thing you do is an appointment and it matters. Yeah. The fruit that has been born, not that, and I'm not saying like, Oh, followers and book deals, like not that, (laughs) I'm saying the student that circles back for me mm-hmm. and says, Hey, like, thanks for taking your time. Like that, this now changed how I'm going to approach next semester. That matters. Absolutely. And I just feel yeah. like every single day has this like adventure and excitement about it. Now, even in these otherwise mundane experiences right. and tasks, it's an opportunity for me to grow right. and it's an opportunity for me to serve whatever has been placed in my hand. Well, and what you've done is you have taken away the idolatry of that future thing, right? Because I think that's where so many of us struggle. I mean, that's really what my books are about. We think once I get there, then life will start. Once I get married, once I have a baby, once I get the job title I want, once I get the house I want. And and that's what comparison does to us, right? Like it tells us, oh, she's so happy because she has that thing you want. She opened the package that you were waiting for to use your language, right? And once you get, if you could just be like her, then you would be free and joyful and life would just be a Disney movie, right? But, But what you're saying is how to live absent that idolatry. And I mean, I think that's spot on. That is so helpful because the other thing is life is not linear, right? 
Right. I mean, we think once we get to that next spot, <laughs> we'll have arrived and can just coast, but that's not the way it works. No. And all that happens is you move the goalposts. I can say that right. unequivocally. Now I would say even right now, I am living the dream. I mean, the, the biggest dream I could have had for myself probably five years ago, I'm living it. And does it feel like enough? It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. You will never have enough mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. You will never have enough money. You will never have enough happiness. Mm-hmm. It always, you just want more. And that's part of, I think, just like the brokenness of humanity. Right. And so it is much more fulfilling to say, I recognize these things about myself and this doesn't make me a bad person. I'm somebody that's, that needs to remind myself of that. Hey, it's okay mm-hmm. that you're feeling this way. This doesn't make you a bad person, but let's redirect. Yeah. Hey there. Are we email friends yet? If not, why not? What's the holdup? I want to connect with you. I have a brand new five day body image email challenge. All you have to do is go to compare to who.me and press the red take the challenge button right there on the front page. Sign up and you'll get five days of email encouragement. Really, it's beyond encouragement. I am going to challenge you to think about your body and your body image in a new way. So take the challenge, go to compared to.me. And hey, after you sign up, hang out at compared to.me because I have 500 different blog posts, different articles on all things, body image, beauty, aging, mothering, and keeping our kids' body image intact. All the things are there, friends. So go check it out, compared to who.me. You can also find all the old podcast episodes there too. So go to compared to who.me and let's be email friends. I can't wait to connect with you. That that's, I mean, that's the trap of eating disorders. It's, mm. it's just, if I could just lose a little bit more weight. If I could just get like the body just a little bit better, if I could just shape this part up, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be satisfied. And that it is never enough. Yeah. Uh, I I love that, Heather. I love that. Um, well you, you had, okay, let me go to one of those little interesting tidbits. Do you remember what you said about the study about announcing intentions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so fascinating. Would you flesh that out? Yeah, I was actually, that was one of the things I was really surprised by that sometimes just saying it makes you less likely to do it. I would have thought it the other way around. So that's why that study was super fascinating to me. Um, One of the things they looked at was like college students, if they said that they were going to study for their exam, just saying it made them less likely to study because they felt like they had kind of fulfilled the obligation by saying it out loud to, some, to, to somebody else, to yeah, somebody else. Yeah. I, I mean, that was so fascinating just in, in this, the world that I operate in with health goals and all this stuff. I was just like, Whoa, that's mind blowing because how many times have I personally, and I'm, I'm kind of on a journey moving away from, from dieting and diet culture, but you, you tell someone, you give yourself that accountability. Yeah. I'm going to tell someone that I'm not doing this or I'm going to exercise every day or whatever. And that just, it just cracked me up to read that. <laughs> research me that, too. That hurts. So that, that but was not that awesome. like saying it, saying it for yourself, it's mm-hmm. about the motivation, right? So yeah. that's really what they were finding was when the motivation is to 
do this to be perceived a certain way by other people, it makes you less likely to do it when yeah. it's this internal motivation of this is who you actually are. Yeah. And it's time to start moving my life to look like the person I actually believe I am am mm. at my core, yeah. then that's an intrinsic internal motivation that makes us more likely to do it. Yeah. But just doing it for image doesn't work. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was so fascinating. And then you talked about, this is earlier in the book about what fear does to your immune system. Mm. And so, you know, fear is a big thing around food for people who have an ED uh, past. And so we've talked about this in other episodes. Would you, I, I'm, I'm basically playing on the fact that you're a professor here, Heather. So like, just, just give us the data on fear in the immune system. If, if you have it handy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it handy actually, but I just know fear weakens your immune system. Yeah. Um, so, and it, and it actually makes you less able to think through any of your choices. You don't make the same choices when you're afraid. And so how do we start living and operating out of this whole person, whole place of wholeness that allows us to be most fully ourselves and helps us to stop being afraid of necessarily what will happen next. And I think we find that again, going back to what we've been saying in just being present. Right. I, I think often the fear is about what will happen next, Right. It's not necessarily that we're afraid about today. It's that we're so worried that something won't come through for us tomorrow. And so what if we just stop worrying about tomorrow? Is it possible to say to your brain, and I'm somebody who, I'm a communication professor, so I talk to my brain like it's another person, like it's this outside entity. So I will often say like, hey, I know you are just trying to protect me. I know you're mm -hmm. scanning through the possible outcomes and that's what we do to survive. But right now I really need to focus. Right now I really need to be present, yeah. right? So doing that actually allows your brain to feel more in control. And there's a, there's a chapter on that too, about the words we say to ourselves matter mm -hmm. and your brain can't distinguish the difference between fact and fantasy. Mm -hmm. So once you say it, it's as real to your brain as the ground you're standing on. Yeah. And so how do we start saying intentionally things to our brain that allow yeah. it to stand on solid ground? Right. And right. that's, that's the goal. And so can you help us through like a scenario where this may happen, like maybe scrolling social media and you're mm. seeing the pictures of people who are more successful in your mind. Like how, how would you talk to your brain in that scenario? Yeah, I would probably just say good for them, Heather, mm -hmm. Heather, they have, they walked your same experience. Absolutely not. Do you know whether they were born into money or not? No, you do not. Do you know the networking connections? Do you know the school? So, and this is, so I ran track in college and it's actually been very foundational for the rest of my life. I'm so grateful that I had that experience because I, in track, one of the most important things that you ever learn is you never look at the lane next to you. Mm -hmm. In I was a sprinter. Mm -hmm. As a sprinter, it could cost you the race to turn mm -hmm. your head for two tenths of a second. Yeah. That could be the difference between win or lose. Yeah. So you have to always focus on your own race, your mm -hmm. own finish line. And I have to say that stuff to myself all the time. Do you know the race that they ran? No. And mm -hmm. also genuinely, Heather, who are you? Mm -hmm. What type of who at the core of who you are, are you somebody that actually doesn't want other people to succeed? Is that yeah. who you are? Yeah. Then don't act like it. Yeah. And I yeah. think 
I think most of us, this isn't Heather or Heather, right? <laughs> I think most of us are this way. Right. Most of us, if you were to say, what type of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of person that actually doesn't want good things for the people around you? Who's going to say yes to that? Most of us are like, no, that's not who I want to be at my core. So there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. And dear brain, can you please help me reorient here? Cause that's not who I even am Yeah. at my core that I know that's not who I am. And so I think there's really beauty in faking it until you make it. Mm -hmm. There's let it catch up. Mm -hmm. When I first say to somebody, I am so happy for you. Maybe I'm not, mm -hmm. but it's the appropriate thing to say to them in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so give it to them and then mm -hmm. go to your room and close the door and be honest with the Lord about where you really are yeah. and say, help my actual heart to catch up to the words right. that just came out of my mouth. Right. Yeah. And that's like an ongoing, regular practice. You don't, at least I won't speak for everyone. Maybe some people are super holy and do graduate from it. I haven't. <laughs> no, really. Some yeah. people may be better at this. <laughs> I haven't. I can't mm -hmm. speak for anyone else's experience. I just know in my own heart, it has been a regular occurrence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that track analogy is one I used in my first book. So yeah, <laughs> with you there. yeah you're not going to win the race if you're looking at the other lane. So that's yes. awesome. You, you shared a story on that podcast I was listening to, and I, I think you shared it in your book also just about being part of a group text thread oh. where, you know, and I, that story hit me because that is part of that integrity thing that you're talking about, right? Yeah. That like getting my heart to match. I already said, congratulations, or I'm so happy for you. But then how do I really get my heart to match it? It's kind of cleaning up this other stuff. Yeah. So would, would you share that story if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just, there was a group thread where we'd send all different types of things, right? all different types of things that are going on in your life. But something that I noticed started to be reoccurring was screenshotting something that somebody else said or a reaction to it and then dunking on them, you know, making fun of them or, oh my goodness, can you believe that she posted this picture? Can you, and there came a point for me where I just felt like God was not pleased with me. And so, you know, I just exited the thread. I don't, I don't think I said anything about it. I just exited the group thread. Yeah. And most of my friends know I I'm just not somebody that's going to sit and talk crap about other people. Um, cause it's not healthy, right? right. It's, it's not right. the same thing as saying like, Oh, let me tell you what this person did to me. I'm trying to process through this experience. Mm -hmm. That's everybody has to do that. Right. I'm talking about people. I don't even know and tearing them apart, tearing apart their pictures. And I, maybe other people have better friends than I did, but in my friend group, like this was a normal thing. And I just don't want to be that person either in public or in private. Yeah. No, I really appreciated you sharing that story because I think that that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, and you know, moms that are listening, like we have to set an example for our daughters too. Right. Like I, you know, I have tried to be so careful about that recently. My daughter's almost 14, but just like, she's watching how I speak about and how I relate to other women. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I love that story and I, it is hard to be that friend though, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's another thing that 
I have struggled with in the past was Mm -hmm. just not wanting people to think that I think I'm special or that I think I'm so righteous because it's not about that. Right. Right. So what can you do <laughs> right? I mean, other than just live it? And, and you can't control other people's perception of you. Right. And th- yeah, that goes to not living for their approval and, and really having the confidence and the courage to live the way God has asked us to, and just trusting that, <laughs> that, that, you know, something good will come out of it. Even if the, the friendship is a little strained for couple minutes. Yeah. And you know, I'm not somebody that like will tell my friends, please don't speak like that around me. I'm Uh I'm not that way. I just won't say it myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm not trying to shame anybody or make other people feel like they can't be themselves in an interaction with me. If they're not in this, they haven't learned the same things. I, I just feel like we have to give grace to the other people about the experiences that you just kind of came out of, you know, it's like, this is, I, I was a vegan for a little bit. This is nothing against vegans or anything, but for me, I was a vegan for a little bit and I immediately, it was crazy how quickly I was like, can you believe other people are eating like that? Mm -hmm. I had been a vegan for two weeks (laughs) and I immediately said, I actually didn't Mm -hmm. like the way for my personality. It very quickly made me judgmental Mm -hmm. of other people's Mm -hmm. habits. And so I stopped. Yeah. Just oh. because it, I couldn't handle it. I am great for other people who are not judgmental and are able to do things for themselves and not project it onto everybody else. But really quickly, I saw for myself, wow, you literally two weeks ago were slamming that block of cheese yep. and look how quickly you're trying to <laughs> judge and condemn other people for their choices. It's ridiculous. And, and what you have no idea of is that's like a regular conversation on this okay. show. Yeah. Because so often like, like this diet culture thing is, you know, if you're on the newest diet, like if you're, you know, it was keto until just like a couple of weeks ago and now it was plant-based <laughs> again. But you know, like if you, if you're not doing like the thing, right. And you're the person eating the thing that's like on the bad list. Now you are, you know, like there's this like pride in this food righteousness and stuff. Yeah. So that, that illustration was spot on for this yeah. crowd. <laughs> but- Hey there, have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book on how to lead a comparison-free life. Yes, that's right. I actually believe it's possible to live a life without comparing yourself to others all of the time. If that sounds good to you, I hope you'll snag a copy of The Burden of Better. You can get it wherever Christian books are sold, or you can start reading the first two chapters free right now on my website. Go to comparedtohu.me, look for the books tab, and find Burden of Better, and you can click right there and start reading today. I hope you enjoy it. Grab your copy of Burden of Better, and then join us for our book club at the end of every month this spring, we're talking about the book together. And I would love to hear your questions or your thoughts. You could drop me an email at heather at compared to who.me, or you can go to compared to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom and leave me a voicemail message on SpeakPipe. I can't wait to hear what you think after you read The Burden of Better. You know, you said, you said something earlier in the book though about slowing down. Mm. And I think it was your, your mentor, maybe yeah. that, that encouraged you to slow down. And I, I think to your, your point about like, it's always our turn and we're missing these small moments because we are looking for that, you know, the big, the big break is how I, <laughs> I would 
call it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like you're always looking for a big break. We're always looking to be discovered, right? Like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is the thing that's going to change my life. Um, but your mentor encouraged you to slow down. Could you, could you kind of fill that out a little bit? Yeah, it's one of my favorite. I have tons of things that he said written down. Um, but one of my favorite things that he has said to me is you'll get there quicker if you slow down. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he first said that feeling really like didn't even understand, felt very uncomfortable with what he was saying. And as I sat on it, I, even just right now, I canceled all my speaking engagements from January through until June or something. Um, I'm just realizing that it is so important for me to operate out of this place of wholeness is what I call it. Mm -hmm. This place of, I think you said it earlier where I'm not needing to prove something to myself through affirmation from other people. Yeah. And so slowing down allows me to keep a better handle on that yeah. for myself. I, because of the work that I do, because I'm in Christianity, right. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to go speak somewhere because I desperately need to know that I can, mm-hmm. or do I want to speak somewhere because I feel like God has really given me this important message yeah. And it matters. And I, and I just think it's all going to go better when I do it from a place of contentment within my own life. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that everybody has the desperation personality trait that I do. Um, but I do, I can't help that. I, I'm naturally, I've always been this person yeah. that I'm an Enneagram three for those who know the Enneagram. So I naturally wired this way. And so I think for me, it's something I have to be extra cautious of mm-hmm. if it's boundaries in my own life. Right. Right. Always comes back to boundaries. Yeah. We say yeah. that a lot on this show too, but I'm, yeah. I'm thinking also, I mean, you know, not all the listeners are going to relate to the speaking thing, but I think we can all relate to, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, you know, there's, there's things that you're called to and things that you're capable of. Right. And, and I know my, my default in the past was like, well, if I can do it, I'm capable. Like I should just say yes to all the things because to your point, the desperation that if I say yes to more things, then more people love, will love me and more right. people will clap for me. And, you know, like all the things will just make everything better. And it never works out that way. <laughs> right. Because right. You, you are, you know, just shaving off little parts of your soul every time you, yeah. you do that. And, and, and really maybe even to connect to the, it's not your turn, like thesis, if you will, like when you're doing all the things you are not allowing for God to use other people in, in areas, maybe they're called and gifted, not that we're stopping God, right? Like, you know, we don't have the power to, to ruin his plans, but what if it was someone else's turn to have, have that responsibility of the PTA or, you know, to, to run that, bake sale or whatever. And you're like, well, I'm the person who always does it. So this is my job. I have to do it. And, you know, just letting go. I, I, I love the, the principle there of slowing down, letting go and, and letting others sometimes. Right. Yeah. And also just running a race you can actually maintain, and maintain <laughs> <Right>. you know, because <laughs> you right. can't run at 50 miles an hour your whole life. Right you will end up, we make really bad choices when we're tired. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, just this morning I'm in first Kings. And so I was just reading, you know, where, um, Elijah goes and literally the angel says rest and eat or else the journey will be too much for you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the actual Mm -hmm. quote. 
And I read that and I underlined it in my Bible because it's just so applicable. We have to, the ministry of absence is a real ministry. Mm. There's a ministry of presence, but there's also a ministry of absence. Mm. And it's important for me to remind myself that I am not God. Yeah. And I think especially anybody who's in a serving profession will understand this. For me as an educator, it's very easy to fall into this belief that if I miss something, mm-hmm. everything crumbles. Right. And I, I've had to realize you're not God. You're not God for these students. You're going to just be a really good teacher. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to serve with what you have, but there's going to be times that you can't save. You can't, and it's not your job to save them, right? right? It's right. my job to facilitate and to mentor and hopefully point them and give an example of a Christ who can save them. Mm -hmm. And so how the best way to live that out is not to be there for people's every single beck and call and need, but is to also demonstrate for them the ministry of absence, because the same God that you say you understand and believe in now because of X, Y, and Z of how I live, you have access to that. Mm -hmm. I should not be between you and that God, right? Where do you learn what it looks like to pick to what uh, it says in scripture, David learned how to strengthen himself Mm -hmm. in the Lord. Mm -hmm. May each of us have that experience. And when we help people on that journey, that's something now they can sustain. Right. Right. And then they get to go do it for other people. Yeah. Preach. I'm with you. Good. And then also being able to, when we say no, I I just um, had an organizer right yesterday and I gave five names of other people that can go. I remember the times that people did that for me. Mm. I know who it was. Right. I remember the people who said, I'm not going to be able to do this, but I'm going to recommend Heather. And it changed my life. Mm -hmm. This is going to make me cry. Mm. Um, It is so important that we create space and create turns for other people where we can in whatever field we have. For me, if that's teaching, and you can't do it. Is there another professor that, you know, has a heart for students that you can say, I really think if you talk to at my work, it would be Dr. Caldwell. If you talk to Dr. Caldwell about this, I think you guys would really connect, mm-hmm. you know, like just setting other people up for their yeah. own success. But you can't live in fear to do that. Right. Yeah. Because, because yeah. I think what stops us from doing that is I'm afraid if I give you this connection or if I give you this opportunity, well, and it's scarcity mentality, right? If I yeah. give you this opportunity, then like, I won't, there won't be anything left for me. And I mean, right. I, you know, in this author world that we're in, yeah, it is very clear how some people live that way. <laughs> yeah. And some people don't. And, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, it is hard sometimes. Yeah. When I saw Rochelle's book come out on comparison, I was like, no, there wasn't like a whole lot out there. Now there's a new <laughs> thing. And it had like the prettiest cover ever. I don't know if you actually have the physical I book. I did. It yeah. has like the prettiest cover ever. And that day, Oh, covers. That's a big one for me. Covers. Yeah. <laughs> I get real. That's a, that's a trigger for me. I get really jealous of people who have a really, really good, good covers. Cover. Oh, yeah. it was, it's, it's an ingenious cover. It's like a cell phone, <laughs> you know, and it just for the people who haven't seen, it's like a silver magnetic kind of cell phone. You kind of like look at it and you're looking at yourself. It's just ingenious. And, and I struggled that day. I really did. Yeah. And then the next day I felt like I was talking to God about it. And he was like, you're going to have her on the show. 
you're going to interview mm. her. You're going to let her talk about her book. And even like the wrestling and, and she and I talked about this a little bit. So if she's listening, this is going to miss you. <laughs> yeah, but we talked about it a little bit, but like the wrestling match of, you know, the first time I picked up her book, right. I'm doing kind of exactly what we talked about. I picked it up. I'm like looking for everything wrong with it. Right. Like right. I am your friend with the right. social media posts. Right. Right. Like, what's wrong with it? Like, where do I disagree? Oh, uh, what don't I like about <laughs> it? Right. And then I, don't, I think our interview was like a couple weeks later. And I, so I needed to sit down and look through it again to be prepared. And God had just softened my heart so much. And I was reading, I was like, oh, this is a really good point. I'm underlining. (laughs) And, you know, and so by the time we did the interview, I did feel like I was at that place where I could be like, I like this book. People, you should buy this book because I can be confident that you're not only going to buy one book (laughs) in your entire lifetime, right? Like it's ridiculous how we, how we, how we think. Like how we get to this fear place where we don't cheer for each other and, and direct each other to opportunities that we can't take and stuff. So that's, that's all good stuff, Heather. Well, I have to tell you, yeah, go ahead. I, I had a conversation, one of my good friends is Annie F. Downs and something she mm-hmm. said to me recently that goes with this conversation is we were talking through some stuff and she's like, you know, I really think you should talk to a, a therapist. And I was like, oh, um, I have a lot of really great friends and relationships. So I don't. I don't know if that's something I need. And she said something that was just so good that I want everybody to hear. She said, therapy is just about getting a clear vision on your life mm-hmm. and your own thoughts. Yeah. Everybody needs that. Yeah. Everybody should want to have mm-hmm. clear vision. And so I have a therapy appointment in two weeks, I think, <laughs> good for um, you. because I want clear vision on my yeah. life. And I, that was just it fits all with this conversation. You have to be able to have somebody who's not judging you that you can say all the stuff to that is going to help you walk through clear vision for yourself and your motives in your life. Yeah. We had an incredible biblical counselor for almost 10 years and we would not have made it through our ministry years. My husband was a pastor. We planted a church. We would not have made it through our ministry years without our counselor. So it, it does, it helps so much. Um, no shame in needing therapy right. at all. I think I actually had this in my first book and my agent made me take it out. So shame on him. <laughs> no, <laughs> he owns that. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was like, I think everyone needs to go to counseling at least once in their life. And he's like, surely you don't mean that. And I was like, I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's good advice from yes. me. Now, um, well, Heather, I think like this has been super helpful. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And your book is called, it's not your turn. What to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough. And I'm sure it's available everywhere. Christian books are sold Amazon and all the places. So go check that out. There'll be links in the show notes if you want to check it out there. So thanks so much again, Heather, for being on the show today. And thank Thank you you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living compared to who is super proud to be part of the Spark Media Network, which is now available on the Edify podcast app. Check out the Edify app for great podcasts wherever you are. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. today's show blessed you may i ask a huge favor leave a review on your favorite platform seeing your five star reviews is a huge encouragement to me 
Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.